Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Thanks, Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoff, Steve Geller, and Bobby Abair with you for another half hour until 8 o'clock tonight. And we're, as I welcome in Lance Moore with the Saints from 2006 to 2013, I want to start off kind of in a weird place, and that's Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham caught a 25 yard back shoulder pass against Houston, then a three yard contested catch for the touchdown. And it made me go back and think about the, the early Jimmy years. And so when Jimmy Graham first got here, 2010 to 2014, so Lance was here in, from 06 to 13, Jimmy Graham at that time had 51 touchdowns, 12.3 yards per reception. He averaged 54 first downs a year, 13 touchdowns led the NFL in year 16. And so you, you talk about taking some things for granted. And, and, and first off, Lance, welcome to the show. But when he was in that time, he was in a different zone, right? He was. I mean, he, he was essentially a gigantic wide receiver doing wide receiver things. Um, and the reason why he was so great during that time was because obviously his youth, but he had some Supreme athleticism for any position, not not just the tight end position. I mean, he was one of the most athletic people on the field every single time he stepped foot on the field. He could run, he could jump, he's big, he's fast. I mean, it, it like he became a, a matchup nightmare for everybody who tried to defend him. And you know, being able to work with Drew for as long as he did, um, there's no wonder why he was able to have the success that he had and put up those numbers and. Shoot, man, I, I think he's one of the, the most gifted and talented players at the tight end position that we've ever seen. I think there's guys that have had, you know, better careers. But when you talk about a physical freak, a guy that can go get you one when you need it, um, you know, he's got to be, you know, in the tops of that category at the tight end position of all time. And um, uh, along those lines, Lance, uh, you know, you talk about the relationship with Drew and how all of a sudden I can remember – I'm watching the game in the press box, and I mean, Drew threw the ball because there's no way that he thought Jimmy Graham was open. Now, he was throwing him open, but that trust factor, and you know, Bob, when you get uh, on that same level with your quarterback, do you think we still have time maybe, no, it could be maybe Jawan Johnson and Derek Carr. Do you think Derek Carr maybe could still, at some point during the season it might click, that Derek Carr uh, all of a sudden develops that kind of uh, relationship with Jimmy Graham because, you know, he knows how to utilize the tight end. I think he might be the second-paid highest tight end, Darren Waller, with the Giants now, with the Raiders, and how we utilize him. So do you think that could come about uh, with Derek Carr and maybe Jimmy Graham, especially in the red zone? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, look, look, tight end is, is basically the quarterback's best friend out there in the passing game. 
Um, you know, he's a lot of times he's an outlet. A lot of times he's the guy that's going to be closest to the quarterback once the ball is snapped. And it's easier a lot of times to get them the football. Um, but, you know, as good as anybody, it's, it's not essentially it's not really the quarterback throwing the receiver or the tight end open. You, you know that there are certain guys that a quarterback is going to say, well, he's covered, but I'm going to throw it anyway. And Jimmy right. Graham, Jawan Johnson, Michael Thomas in his career. I mean, these are guys that are big and physical and have really strong and, you know, really great hands to be able to go and get the football, even if there's a def- defender that's draped all over them, somebody that, you know, they're not able to create any separation, but somehow, some way, the ball is in a place where the receiver can go get it and the DB can't. Um, I think we've got several guys that can do that still. And I absolutely, I think that there's still time for the quarterback to, to gain trust and get that type of chemistry with all of these guys. Um, you know, you'd love to have a situation where you have a quarterback and, and a group of, of pass catchers that have been together for several years, but that's not the case for us. But that doesn't mean it can't happen. That doesn't mean that these guys aren't putting in the time and getting the reps in before, during, and after practice and, you know, obviously the, the, the live bullets will be flying this weekend, so we'll see kind of what kind of – if they've gotten on the same page or not. But uh, I, I really believe that, that there is ample time for them to get on the same accord, and, and we'll see some of the fruits of, of their labor come Sunday. Lance, we're expecting big things from a second-year guy in Chris Olave this season. He always looks so smooth and effortless when we're watching him in practice and all. But as a wide receiver for you, what makes Olave such an elite talent? Well, I mean, it starts with the speed. I mean, it's it's. I was never blessed to have the type of speed that he had, but guys like Robert Meacham and Debra Henderson and, and, and others, the defensive backs a lot of times are just – scared to death of getting beat deep. So what does that do? That makes them try to, you know, kind of get back a little bit deeper in their coverage, or maybe their alignment is a little supposed to be. So that gives them a little bit more of a cushion. Um, and, and, you know, if a guy that is, is young and can run, um, it, it's hard to cover him, you know, with just the speed. But the fact that he's got the skill and, and the route running and the talent to go along with the speed, that's what makes him so tough. And, you know, he caught a lot of balls at Ohio State, and last year obviously he was a 1,000-yard receiver, so the expectations are super high for him. I just want to see him continue to grow, continue to do the things that he did last year and add to that a little bit. I'd love to see him run a little bit more after the catch. I'd love to see him stay on his feet a little bit more once he touches the football. Um, but I honestly, I mean, I think, I think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to be an exceptional player for us this year, um, you know, and then add in a healthy group of, of skill players around him. Um, this, this offense, in my opinion, could be very, very scary. Talk a little bit about this group because, you know, Thomas started the season last year healthy, had three touchdowns in, in the first two games. But you throw an Olave out there and a Thomas, uh, Shahid in the slot, uh, maybe an A.T. Perry somewhere. I mean, this is – if those guys can stay healthy, it's such a different group than what than last year after three games. Chris Olave was it, and he was the guy. And you could cover Olave, and you were in pretty good shape. But now, if they these if this group of, of five can stay healthy, it's a different ball game. I totally agree. I mean, and we can't forget about Keith Kirkwood and Traquan Smith. I mean, th- those guys have played a lot of football and made plays in black and gold. So it's not like 
oh, if these guys, you know, the, the first two groups can't get it done, we don't have anybody else. I mean, we've got a great deal of depth that I think that we'll lean on this season because you don't really know if, if all of your guys are going to be able to stay healthy or not. But I, I think that, you know, Chris Olave having that group around him will take a ton of pressure off of him. Um, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy week in and week out. He's not going to be necessarily the guy that the entire passing defensive game plan is going to be geared towards limiting or stopping. So uh, having that depth and having the group of guys healthy, uh, man, I think it's really going to pay dividends for this offense. And I really think that Derek Carr is going to be in a similar situation where back in the day, like we were with Drew spreading the football around because he's got so many talented guys around him. It's going to be really, really tough for defenses to defend us. Now, Lance, uh, speaking of talent, uh, I can't wait to, to see what it comes about uh, with the injury report tomorrow because I think, uh, you know, matchups, uh, and, and you look at that being Marshawn Lattimore against a big receiver like Mike Evans with Tampa Bay, that, uh, boy, do we need him uh, this Sunday to kick off the season against DeAndre Hopkins because uh, you look at D-Hop, and I, I say this, you might say, well, what does he have left in the tank? Uh, look, uh, look. he leads all active receivers in catches and receiving yards right now, right at like 11,300. And the last two times he's played against the Saints, he's had over 100 yards receiving. So I, tell me if you think um, like this strategy. I know Dennis Allen's looking at this because obviously uh, Derrick Henry, how are you going to stop the run? But if I, and then how you dictate and mixing up the coverages, if you could put Lattimore on an island with D. Hopkins without no safety help and all, that would go a long way, especially how you could shift the defense in other areas where you can uh, maybe give help and, and, and stop. If, But if you don't have uh, Lattimore available, that's a lot of different strategy. That's a whole different strategy uh, in guarding a guy like Hopkins. 100%. I mean, you're talking about one of the best corners in the National Football League. If you don't have him, it doesn't matter who you're playing against on Sunday. Like, they, they are going to love the fact that in a potential all-pro corner is not playing. But it's my understanding that he did not have a major injury injury during training camp and that he should be ready to go for this week. Um, I don't ever really like to read too much into the injury report. Okay. Um, until we get to the game, is he active or not? You know, like, because no, nobody's going to tip their hand. Nobody's going to give away too much information, especially in week one. Um, I would imagine he'd be limited all week in practice. And then we'd see a questionable or probable designation. But I, I don't think that he'll be doubtful. And even if he is doubtful, I, I would hope that he'd play. Um, but looking at Tennessee and what Mike Rabel wants to do, he's an old New England Patriots guy. He wants to run the football and play tough defense. Right. Um, and then being able to have a guy like D-Hop out there who is a physical receiver and, and, you know, people complain about him not being able to run anymore. But Last I checked, we played him last season, and he was coming back from suspension or injury, whenever it was, and he still put in work against us last year. So right. the guy can still play. He's definitely going to be a threat. I, I, I hope that, um, you know, we have all of our defense healthy this week, and, it, and it's not just on Marshawn Lattimore, right? Obviously, you want to have a guy that can lock somebody on one, but if you can get a pass rush going, something that we struggled at for most of last season, um, then that helps out all of our DBs in the, in the secondary, um, you know, and, and, you know, beating up whoever the quarterback is. I'm expecting Ryan Tannehill, but, you know, things, things could happen. So um, we owe them one. 
So I, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're motivated. And, and I think that, uh, you know, all the guys are going to do everything that they can to make sure that they're out there and, and, and able to go on Sunday. And Lance, finally, this is the last time this team will be zero and zero. And I know you've been asked a hundred times and I'm not, I'm not even really looking for a record, but just give me a sense of what you think this team can accomplish and needs to accomplish this year. Well, the first need is we need to start fast. Um, you know, this, is, this isn't a situation where we want to limp into the season and hope that we can make something happen or rely on division being weak and maybe we can, you know, win the division with a losing record. I don't think that's the case with this team. I think we've got too much talent on this roster. I think we've got the trigger man that is more than capable, a former multiple-time Pro Bowl quarterback that still has the juice now. Like, I watched them in training camp. Um, with my own two eyes in person, like the dude can still slang it. So um, I'm expecting this team to win the NFC South and make it to the playoffs. And if we make it to the playoffs, you never know what can happen from there because you can get hot at the right time and be the team that makes something happen that nobody thought was possible. But it starts with one game. I'm not going to give you a record. Um, I've, I've done it all off season, but I just think that we need to go 1-0 one and, one and this week, and then we worry about week two after that. Well said, because it's a long, long season. Only four home games until the month of December. Lance Moore, the Saints wide receiver, 2006 to 2013, part of the Super Bowl championship team, Super Bowl 44. As always, Lance, we appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you throughout the season and talk more. Thank you, Lance. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Just a class guy, Lance Moore. We'll take a break. It is the Saints Hour. Back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.